Welcome to BFC Live, the daily video and podcast series of Business of Cannabis. BFC Live highlights the company's brands, people, and trends driving the global cannabis sector. Learn more at businessofcannabis.com. Coming up on this BFC Live, we connect with Jen Larry. She is the Chief Commercial Officer of Montreal Cannabis and Chris Churchill-Smith. He is the CEO of Canada House Wellness Group. This morning, they announced that they're entering an agreement whereby Canada House Wellness Group will carry dry flower products from Montreal Cannabis for patients registered with Canada House Wellness Group. Enjoy this conversation with Chris Churchill-Smith and Jen Larry. Chris Churchill-Smith, Jen Larry, thanks for being here and being together. Pleasure to be here. Thanks for having us, Jay. Well, I'm excited to have you. Uh, uh, one, let me just state this up. I, I like both of you. Obviously, I know both of you. We've both spent time together, both in sort of recording, but in a room together and doing this online as well. Um, but what we're talking about today is that... Um, you guys are actually working together, MTL Cannabis and um, Canada House. And that is interesting to me for a number of reasons, but someone, one of you, tell me how that came to be. Uh, tell me how that came to be and then we'll get into the details. Sure, I mean, I, 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 can, yeah. I can give it a start. So, you know, uh, when I joined the industry in uh, June of 2018, I had the chance to kind of be walked around and be introduced to a number of uh, of public companies in the space and, you know, uh, contemporary, uh, you know, senior management uh, personnel with a variety of different uh, LPs and both public and private. And, you know, being from Montreal and kind of the network that I have here, I was uh, graciously walked into the MTL cannabis facility uh, before Jen was here. And I, I struck a really wonderful relationship with uh, the two founders, uh, Mitch and, and Rich Clement, uh, who, uh, you know, built this, uh, built Montreal cannabis and, and, and kind of been running it for, since its inception and um, you know at the time where we were really trying to Canada House from Canada House perspective we're really trying to figure out what we're going to do with our medical menu how we're going to build it out uh, in the con in, under the auspices of uh, being a fully integrated LP um, you know uh, aggregating patients providing cannabinoid therapy services at our clinics uh, that are at the time our single uh, LP and Pickering Abimedics how we're going to build a menu of uh, uh, very high quality products for the uh, for the veterans and, um, uh, you know, uh, over time and, you know, starting to grow ourselves and bring our own products on the market to offer to the patients, we quickly realized that being a, a two skew thousand kilo producer with uh, grandiose plans of also participating in the distribution plans of the provinces, we weren't going to be able to offer our, our very important patient base, the services uh, and the product breadth uh, without having some partners uh, to participate in that as well. So we quickly embarked on a uh, what we call our, our, our product portfolio strategy, uh, where our partner portfolio strategy, I should say, where not only do we offer Abimedics uh, grown branded products, but we also uh, offer third-party grown um, uh, Abimedics branded and third-party grown third-party branded products to the benefit of our patient base. And uh, you know our veterans and, and kind of the, uh, the demographic that we have that purchase on our medical side, you know. It's probably around 70, 75% dried flour. And there's no uh, medical LP that's going to have any success unless you have, uh, particularly with the veterans, unless you have a super high quality uh, product offering, consistent in supply with uh, a variety of different cultivars that can you know, meet the needs of the variety of different conditions that these military veterans uh, uh, are living with from day to day. Uh, so uh, enter Montreal Cannabis. And so 
when we uh, launched our medical platform, Sage and Sour was, I think it was the second or the third product that we were offering. And the feedback kept coming back saying, get more of this. Do they have other cultivars? Where is this being grown? Um, and over time, as we're building this out, you know, we really didn't want to enter into a kind of a committed relationship uh, for exclusivity for a variety of different reasons. Um, of course, there's obligations on both sides. Um, so, you know, a three-year relationship finally uh, has kind of culminated in this, what we think is a very important news for our company, very important for Montreal Cannabis, uh, and more importantly, very important for our, uh, our, our, our medical patient base, particularly the veterans, to know that they're going to have the security of supply uh, and the consistency and quality that MTL brings to the table. I love it. I love the, it's a great background. And Jen, uh, because we know you pre your work at, at Montreal or MTL Cannabis, um, that's exciting. But also I, I know uh, two things about you. One core to what you believe about cannabis is that patients need to have access to, to quality cannabis all the time, consistent uh, through, the, through all the channels. And you have a really um, strong background in building brand and how you've built the brand and helped MTL Cannabis build the brand across um, the, the adult use platforms across Canada is also impressive. And so it's like, I, I wanna talk to you about sort of how you position those two things obviously together, but also like, you know, you look at the top 10 list and the provinces that you're in and MTL is, is near the top in those provinces against giants in the sector. I wanna, I wanna ask you how you sort of think about that, how you position that, um, some is it as simply as like you just grow great weed and people want to buy it or is it much more involved than that and then how you think about or how the company's thinking about sort of this partnership uh, with Canada House as well to provide especially veterans with the premium product you guys are producing sure awesome um yeah I mean <clears throat> is it as simple as just growing great weed uh probably because, you know, I think if we look back historically and all the moves that have ever been made on the street, there's good weed, great weed and mediocre weed and the great weed continues to rise and the good weed sticks around and, you know, the swag finds its way to the bottom of the pile. So I'd say that I would never, it could never undermine the fact that it's always what's inside the jar that counts. So the product absolutely has to speak for itself. And it has been an incredible journey to join MTL Cannabis in October of last year. Um, you know, kind of what you brought up, I came in as a consultant and then they invited me to come in house and, you know, to help build a brand that means so much to me. Uh, MTL Canvas is actually around the corner from where I grew up as a kid. Um, so the idea of like traveling the world to find yourself back at your front door and really keep it that real. You know, you mentioned Mitch and Rich Clement, um, founders, but brothers, like this is we could say we're family owned, but we're run by brotherly love. And that's just a thing that really worked for me. Um, so coming in and helping to build a brand that had a foundation of like family and street and, and you know, just kids, all of us who just kind of hustled enough to somehow still be standing is kind of what I think brought MTL to life. And, you know, it's certainly only done because of the amazing team we have. Claire McDonald, who is our creative director, has been the singular eyes and ears and every, she's brought the whole brand to life. Um, so in, in helping, I guess, to build the brand and bring it out, it's been quite you know unique to see the way, I guess, that perfect combination of the weed speaking for itself, um, uh, maybe, you know, 
a logo and brand name choice that I think is resonating with people, exciting people, giving them that feeling that there's something that isn't, that there is a way to buy in in the commercial space without selling out. I think that's really, we're seeing that kind of feedback. Um, and we've been extremely strategic. You know, we, we, we mapped out a journey that we have still not fully realized of what it would mean if we could become the old faithful. Could we actually be on the shelves? Could we take the street from the shelf and maintain it and be consistent and be in stock? And could we impress the buyers with our product and with our price position and, and with our, you know, our, our own humility and our own energy? Um, and so far, let's just say we haven't done a poor job, but it's really all ahead. So it's been so exciting to, to watch the cannabis industry, I think, grow. I'm so excited to see where it's going. And it's incredible to now be inside a brand, building a house of brands, um, and of course, collaborating still with the peers. So, you know, even though I wasn't here when Chris and the boys first met, when I came here, I'll tell you, all I heard was love Chris, love Chris. Who's this Chris? Um, and then as we got to know each other a little bit, it was really refreshing for me to see someone this bright, this focused on the economy, the business, and really at the end of the day, mostly focused on the patient care. Yeah. So as we started chatting, you know, I exposed him very quickly that for me, strategy was important and channel distribution was part of that. And I don't like the schizophrenic approach to businesses who want to be everything to everyone. So we were not going to open up a medical division, but we're a flower first company. And when he told me that 75% of his patients want to smoke dried flour as someone who openly consumes cannabis in a dry flour format for my own personal relief reasons, I was actually so excited about it. And it's, it's an interesting, I just add on that because, you know, we've had Sage and Sour on our medical menu um, for, you know, well over a year now. And if you think about how uh, medical patients buy and the purchasing power, particularly the veterans, they're price agnostic. They have a gram to uh, allocate it to them. And how are they going to utilize that gram between a pink kush, uh, a Bruce Banner, a sage and sour, some of her own internal genetics, et cetera, et cetera. And consistently, and this is why, where I get very interested, is you know, generally on the dried flower side, we've been uh, offering those products, uh, about 10 dried flower, uh, dried flower formats on our medical menu as Abomedics branded. So it's impossible to know the cultivator behind it. Of course, a lot of them are our own internally developed uh, genetics, but Sage and Sour, branded as Abimetics on our medical menu, always rises to the top as uh, either the number one seller or the number two seller to our patient base. And you know, when you're talking about the price sensitivity, you're talking about a market with the veterans, particularly who have to reimburse through coverage and Medicare Blue Cross and Veterans Affairs Canada. They are agnostic to the price, but their gram is the most... Uh, important thing to them and so to have that kind of um, uh, validation that sage and sour really is worth them spending that gram on sage and sour to me tells me that you know the product really is as wonderful as um jen and the team here say it is yes. well it's not just it's 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 i mean it's it's uh it's interesting because you're talking about i would you know a, a patient choosing this when they have other choices of course and that speaks a ton about, you know, how they find it effective, how they're finding e even sort of your Abimedic sort of portfolio, but like they're, they're making the choice. 
on the rec side, uh, like we, before we came on, we were talking about sort of the top 10 lists in provinces where it is, and it is among the top. And so it's both uh, patients obviously choosing it when they have other choices, consumers choosing it when they have other choices. And actually you both referenced uh, Sage and Sour. Like it is, it is finding an audience uh, that needs relief. It's finding an audience that wants this on the shelves. And I think that is a, which is probably, I know that's why this makes it a powerful uh, partnership, but it also really speaks a lot to, um, uh, well, what MTL is doing, <laughs> right? Like, I think it really speaks to that as a positioning of the company, which cannot, I mean, I'm not shining, like, I'm not shining on, like, it cannot be BS if that's the choice people are making and they have lots of other choices. Consumers are speaking. You know, which is awesome. And, and you know, if I could share with you, when I joined, we had um, three to four, we have three to four rooms growing. We have 14 rooms growing now in eight months. We are producing almost 14,000 kilograms out of those rooms annually. Um, and so, and, and, you know, we don't talk a lot about it, but we, we consider ourselves craft for the masses. We have small batch rooms. I mean, they're still good size batches, but um, really for us, it, it's about thinking like, okay, we have something. It's clearly a testament to the commitments of these two brothers and the, and the commitment to what it took for them to bring in the team, the master grower, the assistant master grower, the trimmers, the buckers, the curers, the packagers. We've been taking on supply chain every day. As, you, as we all know, growing wheat is one part of the art maintaining and sustaining wheat, getting it into the jar, keeping freshness, getting that whole thing, right? So it's, it is, there is no magic. There's hard work happening every single day. It's unbelievable. We're almost at a hundred people now. It's so exciting to think what we're doing from a job creation perspective, but it's so exciting to see how we're maybe part of this continually making history to try and continue to normalize and, and allow this to be a real viable business. And for us, our business is flour. And so, you know, when Chris was sitting around and we were chatting about like, so what's beyond Sage and Sour? And, you know, we think about that all the time from a commercial perspective, but, you know, I've been trying to be pretty strategic commercially. We get asked all the time, when's, when's the next cultivar gonna drop? When's the next cultivar? And so, you know, the next cultivar isn't quite coming yet for the rec market, but I can tell you a half Z is coming and I'm very, very pumped, but it was in that discussion where Chris was like, look, we need, we need genetic variety. We need to really think about what that means for our business, his business. How do we provide something that allows the veterans and the other patients that you guys sort of constantly come back and feel like, this marketplace is really providing me something that has, you know, a kind of a baseline of what it means to provide dried flowers. So, you know, we all sat around and we chatted and I think it was really cool and it motivated the guys to think like, okay, what if we, what if we did grow some genetics for ABBA? And, and you know, years ago, I remember being on a panel where we were like hot trend of 2019, collaboration. And to me, I'm living this right now. Now this is the moment, it honestly tears me up where there's so much love and there's so much kind of joy in sharing in quality product because we're moving an industry together um, into a place that we believe in. And so that's kind of, I think what the big news is, is that in this three year, getting to know each other, growing our family, kind of building our own things, we're landing in a place where it's just obvious that 
doing something a little exclusive for Canada House and, and helping to maintain our you know, core beliefs. Um, I just don't think we'd want to be anywhere else. And so it was really cool that, you know, I feel that ABBA yeah. Canada's House kind of, kind of feels the same way. So this is part of why we're here. Uh, can I just ask one, uh, not personal, <laughs> it's a personal question, but obviously you both are, you are in Montreal, right? You're in yes. Quebec. And how much of sort of, uh, the pride you're feeling in not only this partnership, but in the, you know, in the flower product coming from there stems from like being able to do it in your hometown. Well, you know, for me, it's a, it's a, it's a little bit different for me. I mean, we have a, a very kind of distributed business with the 15 clinics that we have around Canada. Uh, we have our LP of course, um, in, uh, in Pickering, Ontario, that's Abimedics. And we also have another subsidiary ISO CanMed, which is about an hour and a half from here in, in Louisville, Quebec. But, you know, and so when I embarked on this, you know, what is now a three-year journey in cannabis, uh, you know, I really kind of uh, obviously excited at the opportunity to participate in a really dynamic industry, young industry. Uh, but, uh, you know, I, I was prepared to kind of, uh, you know, relocate, uh, you know, and consider what other uh, requirements, uh, you know, are needed to kind of do this job. But to be here uh, for me personally, and you know, kind of be at home in Montreal, I mean, it's uh, what a luxury it is, number one, and what a, you know, what a, I'm just extremely grateful. And, and you know, and with that comes, you know, the local, the local network. And one of the things, you know, that you'll see, Jay, um, uh, as we go through time is, you know, indoor controlled grow matters. And we're seeing a lot of the greenhouses and a lot of the outdoor grows. I mean, we saw what happened with 48 North and the shutdown of their outdoor facility. And, you know, that's not going to be the first one that, that, uh, that kind of falls by the wayside, as we probably uh, all agree. Um, but indoor control grow matters, um, controlling all of the variables. And one of the things that Quebec benefits from is this extremely low cost of, uh, of, of energy. Uh, that's a major contributor in the cost of goods of, uh, of any LP. Uh, so, you know, uh, my point why I'm telling you this is being introduced through the network to really high quality cultivators that I know almost by definition are going to have a competitive advantage on the cost side, uh, not only gives me the, the, the comfort that they're going to continue to be there, the products are going to be there for the, for the, for the patients that we're uh, uh, providing and offering these products to. And, uh, you know, um, what can I say? I mean, it's just a, it's a real blessing. It's like you're, it's like you're singing from the uh, Quebec Chamber of Commerce song sheet. Jen, what about you? You mentioned it. I like it. Uh, you mentioned it. Um, but you know, you you are basically in the neighborhood you grew up, working for a company that you really strongly believe in, and and the name is right on it, right? Like nobody, it's not from somewhere else; it's from your hometown. Talk a little about it, and and actually, if you could, like, is that a brand differentiator when you think when see, people see it on the shelves, whether they enter Ontario or BC? Like, are they saying, you know what, my connection to Montreal as a Canadian is is cool, it's premium, like whatever those things are. How do you think that factors into what consumers are actually thinking about? Uh, so much in there. Let me start at the end. I mean, I think, you know, as somebody who loves building brands, we know brands lives, they live in the hearts and minds of people. The product lives on the shelf, the rest is there. So it, it is undeniable that across this nation, people have had some relationship with MTL Hashtag Habs. Just I'll shout that out right now for a second. But oh. certainly there well, is something. Hold on, like then. Human. Hold on. <laughs> go, go hard. We won't, talk, we won't talk about the color of the CN Tower over the last. Well, that, that's right? one thing. But I'm actually from Boston, so it's. Uh, oh, you, you have a small chance in the pot. Good luck. <laughs> I'll let go. I'll you you go. You continue. 
Um, no, but I think you're hitting on something. You know, we actually get asked all the time what NCL stands for, and, and it's been wonderful to see it on Reddit and through social, and you know what people think it stands for. But but um, it clearly it stands for something, and I do think people are leaning into it, and it's making them think about either the the great days they had, the, the post COVID days they want to have, the stories they've heard, the je ne sais quoi. Because I think a big part of being in a European kind of flair, multi-language, you know, really weird island um, kind of is magical and it keeps everybody wondering. Uh, so I think there is something to be said about what it is doing in its namesake and how people are responding to it. Personally, I've spent five years going across the country, you know, feeling almost like a lone gunwoman from Quebec saying, we're here, we're going to crush it in hash. We're the real deal. BC, you did your coast, we did our coast. I have been so excited to represent my province and my little small pocket, the dot in the West Island that I grew up in. Um, I, there really aren't words, to be honest with you, what it feels like to watch what's happening. And it's really not even about anything other than watching two brothers who absolutely deserve every one of their dreams to come true. And that's what I feel like I'm representing. And the fact that in our namesake and, and from geographically where we sit, we are able to achieve this. I, I think it's just um, an extraordinary thing. And I don't think we're alone. I think we're in good company of so many amazing companies who from their little pocket of the world, they're finding their way. So it, it, it literally makes me wake up every single day and be like, are you kidding me? That we're like doing this from Montreal. So yeah. I like it. I like it. Well, well, Chris and Jen, I really appreciate the time, the passion. I love the partnership uh, and, and that you two are working together and I can get you both on one screen at once. I, I like that quite a lot. Surprise. Yeah. I also like the idea of a, a world when it would be as easy as it used to be just to hop on the train and get to downtown Montreal and have right. Jen pick me up. That would be great. I can't wait for that. <laughs> uh, let, let's hope maybe this fall that'll happen. Uh, but until then, thank you both for being here. We'll connect with you down the road. Congratulations on the partnership and um, we'll see you all soon. You're a real gentleman, Jay. Thanks so much for everything you do for the industry. It's a pleasure to be on the show again. <laughs> That's nice. That's nice. Absolutely. Bye everybody. See you soon, Jay. That was Chris Churchill-Smith, the CEO of Canada House Wellness Group, and Jen Larry of Montreal Cannabis, talking about their new agreement. If you like this podcast, please rate us and review us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. It helps support the work we do. We're able to do what we do because of our ongoing partners, including Alterna Savings, Cannabis at Work, Cannabis Benchmarks, Can Delta, Gallagher, Headset, and Torque Mains. Find out all that we do at businessofcannabis.com.